Why can't pilots maintain height? Is a Q&H obtained from an AWIS over the phone valid? And what do you say when asked how many track miles you need? Well, I answer all these questions and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 28 of Flight Training Australia, the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson and thank you again for joining me. And happy International Pilots Day to everyone out there. April 26th, yes, I am a day late, but what can I do? Busy flying. Uh, Yeah, so April 26th in 1912, Feza I apologise, I probably got that completely wrong, made his first flight on April 26th in 1912 as Turkey's first pilot and was recognised by the uh, Turkish Airline Administration and then was later adopted nine years ago as an international day. Um, So yeah, to all the amazing pilots out there, congratulations, well done. In whatever role or capacity you operate in, uh, all making a difference and having fun at the same time. So well done and thank you. And to all aspiring pilots, can't wait to see you up in the skies with us someday soon. Welcome to all the Patreon members Really appreciate everybody uh, who has already come on board. I'll uh, talk a bit more about that later on. And also, it's been a very busy week up here in the Territory, or busy few weeks actually. Um, Finally run the aeroplane out of hours, so I took the opportunity to have a bit of a break and work on uh, some podcasts and organising some more interviews coming up soon, which will be awesome, and I'll announce those soon when they're all in the can, as they say. Um, it's also been very busy online, it seems. A few uh, memes floating around, uh, very complimentary. So thank you to whoever put those out there and appreciate the uh, support and everyone who contacted me after seeing them. It was um, yeah, pretty amazing feeling. So thank you, everyone out there, for all the support. And like I say, just stay tuned. Got lots more planned. Just got to get the time to do it and make it all happen. So today's episode, I just wanted to talk about a few topics. It's sort of a mailbag episode, but these are more things that I've just seen and heard over the last couple of months and people being a little bit confused on things and I thought we could uh, have a bit of a chat about it and clear the air, so to speak. And one of the first things, certainly as a flight examiner, is straight and level flight, maintaining altitude. It is something that plagues pilots in the early days, but also right through to uh, even their first charter jobs and things. I know I'm doing uh, proficiency checks, just trying to get someone to fly level, maintain height, trim an aeroplane properly is apparently a challenging task. And I think the cause of this really stems right back to the very first time it is covered, and that is in the straight level lesson. And this isn't an attack on anybody, but as we all know, flight training is usually done in the ab initio phase by a grade three instructor. And it's not a grade three instructor's fault. I was one. 
I teach grade three instructors. I employ grade three instructors and they do an amazing job. And as we all know, the way flying schools are structured, there is so much to do that grade threes can only do so much. And someone like me has the qualifications to do all the other stuff. So that's where I tend to be and really get into the ab initio phase of training. But in an ideal world, the, the chief pilot, the chief flying instructor, the head of operations, the senior grade one instructors are the ones you would prefer and ideally have teaching ab initio. Ab, ooh, teaching ab initio. And why is that? Well, ab initio training is the fundamentals. It's the basic level of training. When we teach instructor course, we teach a thing called primacy. The way we teach and do something the very first time is what the student's going to latch on to. And trying to undo that and change it later on is very, very difficult. So if the lesson's not taught properly in the first place, then it's going to cause problems. And this problem plagues pilots right through into their sub-500 hours of flying until they finally get it sorted or become dependent on something like an autopilot and hope that that will fix it. So let's just have a bit of a look at what, if you're a grade three or grade two or grade one instructor listening, how you can go about teaching this lesson a little bit differently. And as a pilot, how you can go about ensuring you set up an aircraft correctly into straight and level flight. So the first thing is, how does an aeroplane fly level? Well, it needs to be stabilised. It can't be accelerating. It needs constant airflow over the tail so that when we set the trim, the aeroplane isn't moving aerodynamically. It's stable. The load on the trim is the same, and so it's going to hold whatever we set. The problem is what most people will do is get to their designated altitude, lower the nose, bring the power back straight away, and try and trim the aeroplane. Typically, they'll get away with this because they're flying something like a 152 or a 172 that doesn't have a whole lot of acceleration going on, but it's still going to be a problem. So if we're climbing at, let's just say, 75 knots and we level off and we accelerate 25 knots to 100 knots, we've now got 25 nautical miles per hour worth of aerodynamic load increasing on our tail section of the aeroplane. If we lower the nose and trim for 75 knots worth of load, once that aeroplane increases in speed, it's going to change the pitch angle that that trim is set for, and the aeroplane's typically going to climb. So right back in the beginning, we would teach a mnemonic, and that is attitude, speed, power, trim, or it could be attitude power trim or attitude pause power trim, something along those lines. I know when I learned it was attitude power trim and then I changed it to attitude speed power trim. And the reason for inserting that speed or that pause is so that we actually wait for the aircraft to accelerate into level flight. All right, We've got to go from 75 knots to 100 knots. So it's not going to take a whole lot of time. Okay. Climbing the King Air up into the flight levels, all right, we would have some 60, 70, 80 knots of increased speed that we would need to accelerate to. And we would be 
leveling off and taking several minutes to actually get to full cruise speed before we would bring the power levers back. All right, so there is no rush. You want to take your time, set the attitude, hold the attitude in. And that's also part of the problem. What is the attitude? I know a lot of instructors use fingers. They'll say, set the attitude to three fingers, four fingers. I'm not a huge fan or believer in it. I'm not knocking it, but everyone's fingers are different. Everyone's perspective is different. Everyone sits at a different height position, so we've got to make sure that the student is in the right seating position. Uh, For a 172, for example, I will typically make sure their eyes are about level with the top of the window, where the window frame is. That's typically a good perspective, and two things can happen from that. If that matches your perspective, then what you're describing out the window is going to be what they're going to see. If you're trying to describe one thing and they're seeing it completely differently, it's going to be confusing. So get the perspective right, get the attitude right, and actually show them what the correct attitude is. If you get a chance to take some photos so you can have them up in the briefing room and uh, on your PowerPoints or whatever, do that too. Really, really useful. So set the attitude and lock it in. Do not let that nose climb one centimeter. As the speed increases, if the trim gets heavy, of course you can trim, get rid of some of the load, but it's not the final trim. All right, wait for the the power um, to accelerate. Once it's done, set your power correctly and trim. It will. It's just such a simple thing, but it will make all the world a difference. The bigger the aircraft, the faster the aircraft, typically the longer it's going to take to accelerate to your cruise speed and essentially your trimming speed setting. So make sure you do that. Uh, Don't rush it. Just take those extra few seconds to get the trim and the attitude set correctly and you too will maintain altitude instead of mucking around with it for the next 100 miles. right. Um, In the manual standards, 150 feet per minute, or 150 feet is really what we're looking for, 100 feet. Don't be climbing up 300 feet, 400 feet, and then back down. It should never happen. If it happens, it's because you're not paying attention. All right, so let's see some altitude maintaining happening. Practice the skill. Don't rely on the autopilot to fix it. And let me know how you go. Well, another one I've heard bounded around a few times is AWIS. Now, AWIS, for those that aren't aware, is a automatic weather information service. It's a weather station on the ground that either broadcasts its information uh, on a designated radio frequency or it's got a phone number or both that you can actually dial in. And I've heard that the concept of the AWIS Q&H that you get off that weather station Uh, for instrument approaches is not valid if you happen to get it via a phone. Now, I'm not sure who brought this up or thought this was a thing, but it's absolutely absurd. So let's just think about that for a minute. A Q&H is coming from a weather service. It either gets given to you in printed form or it's broadcast on the radio. If you can dial in and listen to that on the phone, it's exactly the same thing. You'll probably find what people are trying to say is that you cannot rely on being able to reach that AWIS because the phone line may be down 
or especially up here in the Territory and outback rural settings, you may not have phone coverage and you might not be able to get that Q&H and therefore the discounted minima. All right. But if you can get a Q&H over the phone from an AWIS, then it is absolutely valid, not a problem at all. So just remember you've got 15 minutes to use it and you'll typically obtain that in the holding pattern before you depart and complete your or commence your approach. All right, and then the final one is the concept of track miles. When you're in controlled airspace, sometimes you're going to get uh, held up high or corners are cut when you're tracking, and you're going to find that you're very, very high and very close to your airfield. And the controllers may treat you like a pressurized cabin and expect that you can come down at some two and a half, three, four thousand feet per minute when we're obviously limited to 500 to 1,000 feet maximum, ideally, for all the reasons we know, passenger comfort, looking after our ears, etc. So there is a thing called track miles, and sometimes the controller may recognize that they're cramming you up a little bit and shortchanging you on space and ask you how many track miles you need. And you need to, A, know what he's talking about, or she, and secondly, know what answer to give them. So 500 feet per minute is our nominal comfortable descent rate. But if we had to do maximum 1,000 feet per minute, we could do that. So if we were going 6,000 feet to lose at 1,000 feet per minute, well, we know that that's going to take six minutes. Or if at 500 feet per minute, it's 12 minutes. But we need track miles. So what are we doing speed-wise? We might be descending at 120 knots. 120 knots is two nautical miles per minute at 12 minutes. So we need to double that again. And that gives us 24 track miles in which to descend 6,000 feet. If you're doing three miles a minute, you might be coming down at closer to 180 knots if you're in a typical sort of uh, light twin, then you will be looking at 36 miles, all right? So 36 track miles. Now, track miles just means uh, a path over the ground. So it's not necessarily in a straight line. They might just get you to orbit and descend, and you can work back to your eventual top of descent point for your visual approach or your instrument approach, whatever it is that you're doing, and just check and see how you're going. And if you're falling a bit short still, you can increase your rate of descent. But again, maximum we really want is 1,000 feet per minute. All right, so when they ask you how many track miles do you need, that's going to be the answer. All right, so just a few little topics, simple things, um, but just seem to plague people and come up quite often in conversation. So I just wanted to cover those off with you. To everyone that has left a review, thank you very much. We've got those Spotify likes up over 60 now and uh, fast approaching the mark on Apple Podcasts as well, which was the goal at the end of the month. So everyone that's showing the support, thank you. Feeling the love, it's been awesome. Please remember to hit that subscribe button on your relevant player, hit the alert bell so you get the notifications when new episodes come up and 
feel free to go back over some of the past episodes again. It's always something you might hear differently or miss the first time and tell all your friends about it and share it far and wide for me. You can also support me on Patreon, as I mentioned earlier. There's uh, some exclusive content that'll be on Patreon only and not on other online forums. You'll get advanced notice of special guests and podcasts coming up soon and the ability to post your own personal questions and the like. So jump across there, patreon.com forward slash Flight Training Australia. It's got all the membership tiers there and throw me some love and some coin and help me out to just support the cost of running the, the podcast and also the chance for me to be able to produce more content for the Australian market, which is really my goal and to reach as many of you as possible and help you all out with your respective careers, wherever you may be up to. All right, so that's it for now. I will see you again on Monday. Until then, clear skies and remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers, everyone.